Hello and welcome to a Star to Steer Her By. Hello. A Star Trek podcast. Good. This is episode <laughs> 250. <laughs> what? Oh my goodness, that's a good one. 250? Yes. Holy that's one shit. Of the, that's a famous number. It's that's a milestone <laughs> that we have nothing prepared for. Number. That's 250. That That is a quarter of a million. Yep, that's what, that's nope. what that is. Wow. That's almost as many stars there are in the galaxy. Also true. Neat. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Peter means rock. <laughs> so yeah, it's episode 250. Woo! That means you've been doing Woo! this for, for over a million a years. A long amount of time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> over five and a half years now. And the way uh, Paramount is going, we're never going to be able to finish. Wow. I just shared today, this will date when we're recording this, because fuck my life. But I shared today, there's also announcement when Orville's coming back and their new trailer. Mm. Damn. It looks neat. I didn't know there was a new trailer. I'd heard they, they had pushed back their start date a little bit. Yeah. June 2nd, it looks like. As of them. today, it may change. We'll see. Did yeah. Seth MacFarlane need extra time to write misogynistic jokes? Hey. Anyway, my name is Jake, and I'm joined by... Oh, Chris. Me. Sorry, <laughs> Chris. Chris. And names. Oh, yes. I mean, Jake's right. Yeah, that is who he's joined I'm, by. I am one of those people. Thanks. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so, so these bojos. Um, <laughs> are but that's it. Nobody else today. So no, no. What? Unless the ca- any of the cats cat bomb. Yeah, the cats might cats might join in. To be fair, they our cats do have a lot of really good opinions about Star Trek. Cool. Okay, so this week we are talking about two episodes of Star Trek: The Voyager. Neat. Dreadnought. No. Dreadnought. Dreadnought. Duncan's. Not. The suit is not. Um, Dreadnought oh and Death Wish. Wow, timely Borat jokes. I love oh, it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> they just released a new Borat movie like a year and a half ago. That's He's true. back. Borat's back. Just Plus like there's the an actor in one of those episodes that, no wait, that wasn't this, was it? What? Where was that actor that you thought that I would think that that was some movie? Never mind. Yeah, that was Cut not, it. Yeah. Cut it. None of it was no. good. Nope, we're keeping all this. Uh, this is our 250th a, episode. No editing. As a side oh, God, wow. no. <laughs> That's going to be horrible. I'm just going to put on the opening and ending themes, and that is it. So watch yourselves. Yeah, I was going to say, Jake, uh, we gotta, we, you and I have to be especially careful today. I should whip it out and tube in this, this thing. Oh, wait, no, this isn't video. As a side note, though, they finally had an episode that they could have made a Q pun that would have worked. Called it Death Wish when they could have called it Qicide. Uh, no, that's, that's that's dark. Yeah, that's too dark. But anyway, right. start, we're not going to talk about Death start Wish with the other just one. yet. First, we're going to talk about Dreadnought. All right. So in Dreadnought, our crew is tooling about, and they uh, find tooling some wreckage, right. and they're like, "Huh, that's some." wreckage and they check it out and they're like huh this wreckage looks like it was blown up by the Cardassians what <gasps> miss them and so, they're, so they're like is uh oh, is old Seski boy up to her old shenanigans and they're like nope nope this wasn't Seski this was the Dreadnought and bum, what is bum, the bum. Dreadnought you ask well the Dreadnought is a Cardassian missile 
uh, like an autonomous missile that's basically just a ship with a big warhead. Yeah, on it. it's got life support and air and what? <laughs> yeah, so it's a big, it's a ship-sized missile that's super fucking powerful, of course, because the Cardassians. And uh, it turns out that a couple, uh, like a year or so or something before the, the Voyager got pulled uh, away, the Maquis had captured this this missile and Bellana went all Bellana on it and made it work for them. Turned it in from a Cardassian missile into a Maquis missile. And they were going to use it to blow up some, Ma- or some uh, Cardassian shit, as they do. And then they sent it on its way and then it disappeared. And they thought it was lost, but it turns out it just got sucked into the Delta Quadrant, same as everybody else. And now it's floating around the Delta Quadrant, and it's basically decided that, huh, I don't know where I am, but I know I'm supposed to be shooting at Cardassians, so these people over here must be Cardassians. It's uh, like Nomad. It's yeah, it's kinda, it kind of does it, kind of pulls a Nomad. It this unit is mind per- a little bit. This missile is perfect. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Good connection. Uh, I, I wrote, so yeah. I said and wrote this missile is perfect many times in my notes. <laughs> so the missile is about to uh, crash into some planet and create massive devastation. But Balan is like, listen, I, I know this missile inside and out. I teach, I taught it everything it knows. It even talks like me. So let me beam over there. I'll shut it down. We'll be all set. But it turns out she made the missile too damn smart. And it sees what she's doing, and it's like, huh, Bellana wouldn't do this normally. She must be a Cardassian or Federation uh, collaborator now, so fuck her. I'm going to continue to blow up this planet. Uh, and then it kind of goes like that, and like Janeway calls up the planet. It's like, hey, bro, big missile, not our fault. Well, I mean, it kind of is, but it isn't really, but we're going to try to stop it. So just hang tight. And the guy's like, well, okay. If you say so. They're all so Th- nice. Thanks. Thanks for the heads up. It's the nicest planet in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> it's so, also not yeah. exactly what they were like. They're kind of more like, how do we know that you aren't just fucking us over like your reputation says you would? They came around yeah. quick enough. Yeah, they didn't really put, mu- put up much of a fight. They did lose a couple ships trying to attack the missile because the, the missile defends itself. Um, yeah, after we told them not to, you are no match for this missile. You have no maybe we'll surprise gas. you, bitch. Yeah, no. In you the won't. end, when when Bellana's attempts to shut down the missile completely fail, she has to do some old takes take a page out of Kirk's book and try to get it to fight with itself by bringing on an an alternative AI brain. So then there, it's a little bit schizophrenic, and while it's distracted, she breaks into the chamber to try to to ruin it and cause it to blow up prematurely meanwhile janeway has evacuated voyager the and and (laughs) is planning to fly the ship in the path of the missile and tuvok's like i don't want to live anymore so i'm going to join you and just before they do that balana manages to break through the protective casing on the missile thing and it blows up yay they they managed to beam her out just in the nick of time, an old doc saves her life and is, isn't even mad that they were going to let him die on the ship when it blew up. That they literally forgot about him. They <laughs> left him on and we're going to blow him up. He's yeah. just like, why is everyone leaving? Where, where, where are you leaving sick bay? Okay, bye. Guess it must be a shift change. Mm, exactly what they told right. him. So y'all were all hoping that when um, Torres turned the normal ship voice back on, that it would have been a uh, attention Bajoran workers, right? Kinda. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, that hadn't occurred to me. 
But also, I kind of, my attention was drifting slightly. I, I had a hard time. This one didn't grab me in a big way. As far as our Torres Talks to Herself episodes go, <laughs> this is inferior to... Faces? Thank you, Faces, yes. Faces! I know, Roxanne Dawson has had a funny quote that after this episode, she like tells the writers, all right, good. can the next Torres episode be me talking to another person with a, fa- with a face that isn't mine <laughs> instead of to literal double B or a robot or a ship with my voice? That's uh, funny. So I have a big problem with the Voyager or possibly the whole intrepid class. I, d- I don't know. One person can apparently tell it to self-destruct. That seems bad. Yeah, I don't know why they did it that way. They've never done it that way before. What if your captain... Yeah, what if your captain gets the space crazies? Or if Data can do a really good impersonation of the captain. Yeah, like... Which we've seen him do. I was gonna say, which I bet he could. In TOS, it was three people. In TNG, it was only two, but it required both voice print and biometrics, so I guess that sort of made up for it. Now it's just one person, no biometrics, just a voice command, and you're like, this seems irresponsible. It's a smaller ship, so it that doesn't, doesn't matter. That's that doesn't exactly sense. what I said. Like, it's still... What? It's like big no. loss. <laughs> well, guys, listen, we had to listen to Balana and the computer have the same fucking argument for half an hour. We didn't have time to have two people put in their codes. Here we go. How about, you know, normally it would require the senior officers, but they reprogrammed it because Janeway's like, I'm not letting, letting uh, the Maquis in on this decision process. Well, then it could have been her and Tuvok and Harry. Yeah, but Tuvok <laughs> Harry, would always be trying to set it off. Harry and, would and, flee and you would never see him. And Look, Harry's a fucking ensign, okay? He'd hide under his Harry's bed. Harry's so important. They let Chekhov, Chekhov do it, fill in in Star Trek Three. Well, he wasn't yeah, an he'd ensign been, then. He'd been around for decades at that point. It's but also, still wasn't he a captain Chekhov. or a commander or something by then? Uh, Commander, because he'd been the first officer of the Reliant. So, there you go. Works for me. No, it doesn't, but whatever. I, I just wanted to make fun of that because it was bonkers. Yeah, I think it's just Red inconsistent, not. yeah. Deeply. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't have too many thoughts about this episode, to be honest. But Yeah, I liked was, the games Balana was playing. That was, that was you know, some good Balana work for... Yeah. See Torres do some things. It's It's just, it's also very similar to Prototype, so it's a little tricky of her having to destroy the thing that she built and... Yeah, yeah. In a, in a, it's pretty... Not entirely similar way. It's in an entirely different way, but it's still a similar plot. Yeah. Also, uh, I know a few weeks ago, I was kind of horrified by the treatment of the corpse of the caretaker. I would like to rescind my horror. Fuck that guy. Because he pulled this super weapon into the Delta Quadrant. And like, rather than be like, I should probably turn this off, just went, oh, Nobody on it. I guess I'll send it on its merry way. What a yeah. fuck face. Yeah, that confused me. Why he dragged that thing in from the the Alpha or Beta or wherever the hell they were, Quadrant. Because uh, the Federation alpha. split down the middle is the thing. Yeah, but I think the Badlands are in the Alpha Quadrant. I don't know. I've seen different maps and they're all laid out slightly differently. In many mm-hmm. maps, Earth is in the Beta Quadrant. And I'm like, this is confusing. But yeah, like, why would he bring something in that isn't organic? If he's looking I'm, specifically for something to replace him. 
I mean, presumably his little tether would just grab whatever it could, and he didn't know till it got there what was on it. Oh, maybe. Okay. But still, you think the minute he was like, I'm sure when he saw it, he's like, oh, no one's on it. Oh, my God. It's basically a bomb with an engine. <laughs> That's fine. I'm just going to let it loose. I mean, what if it didn't hit his precious Okampa homeworld, the dumb mm. fuck? Glad I like he's that, dead. Um, I like the idea <laughs> that, that the, uh, the, the caretaker is just like fishing and, and like yeah. passing his reel <laughs> into the alpha quadrant and occasionally pulls out a boot. Yeah, and that, that's exactly. This was a boot with some TNT inside. Whoops. Man, that, oh, the good that, old TNT boot. That is a much less wholesome version of Animal Crossing if occasionally the boot just oh, has no. dynamite in it. You gotta like. Yeah, but this was, this wasn't, this wasn't even like a crazy doomsday bomb. It was just a shitload of matter and a shitload of antimatter. And I guess the idea is when it hits something, the, the two of them will mix together. And... Like I was yeah. expecting it to be, you know, try Bentine bomb or something. You know? Here's the thing. It's a Cardassian weapon. They're not going to be all stupid and Romulan about it and have it be like powered by wishes and black holes. They're going to go, hey, matter and antimatter, easy, straightforward fucking bomb. Let's do it. I'm just I imagining mean, the the uh, Rube Goldberg machine of a Romulan oh, yeah. weapon and how it would fail every single time. Oh, yeah. No, like the the the. The fuse would totally involve, like, a Romulan hamster in a wheel. Until they finally Rom make an OK Go video about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Romulan hamsters are green and have pointy ears, by the way. Cute. Do they actually... So, why would they need to put antimatter in the missile and not... Or uh, matter in the missile and not just antimatter? Because presumably, the whatever it matter. hits is going to be made out of matter. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. They just had some matter in. lying around. I mean, yeah, they built a ship out of it. It's like in Futurama when they want to get rid of their trash, so they shoot it into space. Mm. They're like, oh, we just put, put our trash in this missile, and uh, we'll never have to deal with it again. <laughs> That's a good episode. <laughs> no, it was also really good to see a lot of the interior design of the missile was very Cardassian. Was oh, like, yeah. Oh, yep. I missed those that. blue screens. They're so nice. All those angles and all that bronzy, brownie, brassy, brassish color. And the little data rods. Yeah, the root okay, Those rods. I could do without, but. And uh, of course, because they're the Cardassians, don't worry. They had a subroutine just in case this very thing happened. Which thing being this very thing? Uh, the ship getting hijacked and reprogrammed. Oh, you mean oh, the, the, that it had a backup? Yeah. Okay, yes, that thing that they had. Yeah, but Which, it didn't work and she had to specifically enable it yeah but still it you know in, in, again like i said to caitlin of course they have a backup because they're like romulans if they weren't idiots romulans wouldn't have bothered having a backup they'd have just had even more gerbils or hamsters whatever i said earlier less Trash. backup more we're back <laughs> yeah okay that's good that was good that was thank good. you thank you I also love that the Doomsday Machine is so polite in that every time Balana comes over, it's like, how are you doing today? I'm did going you to kill you. you sleep last night, kiddo? <laughs> the question is, did she add that or had that weirdly been just part of its program? Oh, my you know? goodness. That's what oh. that's what Gold Ducat would have been saying. So, yeah. Yeah. Was there a B plot? I don't think there was. There, uh, there, there was were... something about a baby. Oh, right. Yeah, right. they Wildman wants to, is trying to come up with a name for the baby thing. Yeah, that's right. And the doc and we actually bring back up the fact that the doctor's been looking for a name, so at least mm. that that hasn't been dropped entirely. It'll get dropped again, I'm sure. And, and oh, yeah. 
go away for a bit. But I, I guess he's still deeply, deeply considering names and just hasn't mm. found one he likes. It was a upset Cass didn't suggest her father's name to him, which is, I don't know, a little weird if you assume he is kind of into her. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't have it both ways, buddy. Yeah. Can't be, have dad's name and want to do her. Was this also the one okay. with the, like, Tom Paris subplot that didn't really go anywhere or do anything? Yeah, yeah, because we oh, learned a couple things. the one where things. he, like, showed up rumpled and late? Oh, yeah, yeah I cause there's about that. that and was then he someone, just kind of bratty? Was he and someone fucking al- or what? Sorry, Ames, go ahead. It's okay, it's fine. And then uh, someone says, like, oh, yeah, and he got in a, a, in a tiff with Rollins earlier, which I didn't realize Rollins was still alive, because we met him in Caretaker, and I assumed he was dead. He oh. was the one played by our good friend Tosk. He was the, uh, the tactical Rollins. officer. Oh, that weird. Yeah, I yeah. assumed he was dead, too. I thought I mean, he was super dead. Why, why would we assume he was dead? Because I thought they showed him being super dead, but maybe uh, not. I think that maybe was the other brother? guy. Oh, yeah, that must be it. Yeah, there's just oh, the full. The ship is full of Rollinses and also what are the two sisters? The Delaney, Delaney sisters. sisters. Rollinses Here, and Delaney's all around. Here's the thing. Whatever else was going on with Tom, getting into a fight with a guy because he was pissing, being pissy about your punctuation. That's justified. No, nope, like, I'd get I'm pissy. Sorry. I'd get pissy about his punctuation. Fucking Tom. No, nope. nope, I'm on Tom's side on this one. <laughs> also, like. I'm confused, because I would have assumed they just do text-to-speech for their reports. I mean, speech-to-text. Oh, that's true. So, like, if anything, they should be like, what the fuck, computer? Yeah, really, it's the computer who's being the brat, not, like, the, not the Paris. Like, I never imagined they sat down and actually typed their reports, because if you look at their little, per- you know, their little laptops, they don't have keyboards. They've got, like, three little panels that I assume have whatever you need pop up and then a sort of a space bar looking one, but like I don't know, yeah, I imagine. But you don't know. Maybe they maybe it's like a handwriting input. Like maybe you just write on Ugh. like a little pad. Oh god, that's even worse. You're expected to go back through the transcription and add punctuation. Oh, that's even Listen, they don't even teach cursive in schools anymore. Oh, we've had this argument so, so many kids times. So can't, can't read, read the, the Constitution. You said this in the episode I just posted this week. I know, I'm bringing, it's a callback. I'm but you sounded a lot like Gilbert Gottfried this time, so I say keep <laughs> it up. I mean, it's gonna stay and I'm not editing this episode. Anyway, the other thing that we see come up again, other than Paris being slightly... In insubordinate or something, which, as I said in Threshold, don't know if that's what his or his character would be developing after Threshold. Yeah, it's, it's a weird but, choice. Yeah, but the other thing I wanted to bring up is we, we see uh, Michael Jonas again. The guy, the ex-Maquis who's been talking with the Kardashian. Oh, with the yep. Kazon? Yep, like yep, radio yep. and them and saying, hey, there's a there's this dreadnought missile. The Kazon might find it useful. Oh, yeah. And I am so... Not interested in Jonas because all we see of him is the couple of times when he talks to his Kazon friend handler. There. Yeah, and it's like I don't get your your character arc. I don't see anything about you that's developing. All I see is that this is a thing that the writers think that they're reminding us is a is a plot line that's going on over several episodes without it actually seeming like it's building. Yeah, no, it's like, are you episodic? Evil. Is it? Are you episodic or not, Voyager? Make up your mind. Uh, yeah, both. I think it's some stuff. If you notice, whenever he makes those calls, he's already he he's always got the lights off in the room. Mm. Yeah, um, and that's how you know it's it's 
real. Yep, we're uh, down. Real we're shady, down whatever he's yep. doing. I, I really am pantsless. Disapp- <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed the call didn't start with, do you know how many fucking lizards we have running around the ship right now because of your warp 10 fuckery? How do we turn them back? They turn into lizards. They turn into Oops. coral reefs. Ah. Coral reefs. Because they're heads. Oh. Crabs. Everyone's turning into crabs. Crabination. Oh, wait, we're back to the crabination. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to that share been, that now. Sadly, that's been a running joke all week. Yeah, it really has. And by sadly, I guess I mean not sadly. Makes, but... makes you look at Dr. Zoidberg a whole new way. He's a lobster, apparently. <laughs> and, and also, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and, and on your shirt. Yes. yes. Uh... It's, like, it's like in the Charlie Brown Christmas special when Pigpen is like, huh, kind of makes you think of me a little differently, doesn't it? If I was a little red-haired, curly-haired girl, I'd be like, no, it doesn't, you fucking slob. Being fair, she is like... A cunt? Oh shit. Can't say that on this show. Wow. A, she, a bitch? <laughs> she is She is pretty awful. Like, I forget her name. Violet, maybe? She's terrible, though. She is... Who? I don't know what we're talking about. She's the we're girl about from the Peanuts, peanuts that always goes on about her naturally oh. curly hair. Oh, that one, yeah. Yeah, she's, I don't, she's I don't awful. I really know much about the Peanuts. Me either, just the Christmas special, really. I know there's special, the one really. that, that had the... the, the, the kid that's got the hair or doesn't have hair or kind of has like a little bit of hair. That's Charlie Brown. Yes. The main character? Yes, that's one. He wears yeah. a yellow shirt. <laughs> that's Char- one. Charlie Brown. Anyway, yeah, like I said, this 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 one, it, it for some reason just didn't grab me in a big way. Maybe again, like you said, Ames, it's just kind of too, didn't we just do this with prototype, although slightly bit. differently? I, I don't know if that was it or just like a, I don't know, it just didn't, I can't put my finger on why, but I was kind of like, this is fine, but I'm kind of bored. Was it in this point when we were watching that I was just kind of like, you know what my problem with this show is, is that none of the characters are interesting? Yes. Yes, it is. Because, I mean, like, Janeway's all right. Mm-hmm. I love that and she wants to go down with the ship. That was hardcore. Yeah, it I was. thought that was pretty cool. And, like, I guess Kess is okay. Yeah, and like they've, the they've developed okay. a couple of the people, and some people they haven't done a thing with. Yeah, yeah like Chakotay's just really boring. He's just there to, I don't know, say some like bullshit mystical shit sometimes. Paris is there to be, I don't know, like ostensibly kind of like a bad boy, but like a hooker with a heart of gold. I'm kind thinking, of way, I'm hoping which I just don't long, care about long term redemption arc is my is where I want to go with him. But like, I don't even feel like he really needs to be redeemed. He's just kind of a douche, bro. But like, he I got don't some feel people like... killed. Yeah, oh, they were well... they were asking for it. What were they? I have no idea. I don't really remember. I mean, here's but the thing. I just ugh. if they were Starfleet brass, there is a fifty fifty chance they were going to turn evil. That's, That's a true. good point. That's true. So yeah, to what you were saying, uh, Caitlin, like I it makes know. me it makes me wish that they kind of embraced the Maquis thing and how mm-hmm. the the characters on the ship who are Maquis. Like, you know, it was nice to see Balana see something from her Maki days and see, oh, this is a thing I did because we were trying to destroy some Cardassian stuff, which makes sense for her character. But we don't really see a lot of growth from that or a lot of like inner conflict or con- or like external conflict, conflict between people about the yeah. Maki anymore. Yeah, like she's already just like, I feel bad I did this. Like there isn't a moment of, I mean, it sucks that it's, Blowing up in my face, no pun intended. Bad. But do I regret what my initial idea was? And the problem is the reason she kind of feels bad anyway is because 
Chakotay was mad at her about it say, because she made Chakotay feel bad. Because he wasn't imagine mad at giving her, he was shit, disappointed. Which it, I hate. Like, yeah. if I could summarize, like, people that annoy me, it's exactly that. It's the I'm fucking not mad, I'm disappointed crowd. It's like, listen, Chakotay, you're not my fucking father. I, I mean, I gotta say it, too, because again, like, I think I mentioned this either last week or two weeks ago, but, like, this show is is kind of cowardly and draws a line between good, quote-unquote, and bad, quote-unquote, terrorists. And Chakotay's clearly a good terrorist. And it's just like, really? Mm. Well, but I mean, the series as a whole kind of has a history of doing that anyway. Well, but I feel like Beverly had her friends, the good terrorists, maybe. And yeah, Kira, of course, was a good terrorist. But but she hung out with lots of bad terrorists. We liked Kira, but the show never denied that she did some stuff that she has justified to herself. But a lot of other people look at and go, uh, hold on. And yeah, and like the episode with Beverly, like. Even that one's a slightly better example, because, again, there, there's I mean, I think the difference there is just that it kind of did both sides where it's like, I mean, yeah, the terrorists aren't great. But then again, neither is the government they're fighting. It's like, eh. Well, yeah. I also think that, like, they're trying to set up Chakotay and his crew as being the the principled moral. Like, they are the Starfleet of the Maquis. Yeah, that's a good because, way to put it. Because, well, like, you got Eddington out there doing all kinds of crazy shit. And Jonas uh, being called, a dick. That's called being cool, Jake, what Eddington right. did. <laughs> yeah, because he always did it smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Chakotay, like, his whole thing is, oh, you know, we're just trying to get our homes back. And, you know, we, we think this was a bad treaty and we're going to attack a military target. The problem I have with Chakotay, aside from, like, like, let's take all the racist shit away. Good. Like, Good luck. Let's just put that aside, because that's obvious. The problem with Chakotay is when he's not just there to, like, be a caricature of, of Native Americans, he is the most bland motherfucker. I oh, do yeah. not believe this man would have joined the Maquis, no matter how badly the Cardassians killed his father. Chakotay would have written a strongly worded letter to the Cardassians. And never ex- sent it to the Cardassians' <laughs> manager. <laughs> yeah, expressing his displeasure, and yes, Ames, he ultimately would look at it and go, let me sleep on this, it feels yeah, a little harsh. Yeah, I'm gonna put it under my pillow until I'm ready. Like, <laughs> and like, supposedly his crew really respected him, but every time you turn around... The Maquis that aren't main characters are like, this isn't the Maquis way. It's like, according to Chakotay, it is like, it's so yeah. constantly contradictory. I mean, he did punch that guy that one time. Which again, though, doesn't feel like is how he normally did things, though, even though he claimed like it. Again, it cannot decide on what the Maquis way was. Um, yeah, Chakotay really, I... is tedious. Well, I just think that they wasted an opportunity in this show. Definitely. I mean, they've wasted numerous opportunities in this show, let's be real. But I think one of the big ones is the idea, the whole idea that you have these two crews that normally would be enemies Mm. having to work together, but from really from the off. I mean, yeah, there's been a couple of incidents. I mean, you have Seska, you have some people that have been insubordinate. But for the most Chell, part, there have, that fucker Chell, <laughs> goddamn Chell, if only he could run 100 meters, <laughs> he would take That's over. It's not the very ship. far. 
Um, Look, to my fat ass, it is. Yeah, with the gravity up a little. Oh, okay. Anyway, so I don't know. Yeah, I I think that there was plenty of opportunity for actual drama. And you don't have to break. You know, I know they at this time they were still very much like, oh, you got to do the Roddenberry thing. Oh, nobody can hate each other. You know, I think that they could have done some more work to show the differences between the philosophies of the crew and actually had Chakotay and Janeway maybe on occasion like actually butt heads in a in a and again they've done it here and there but it's always it's always resolved pretty damn quickly. Yeah, and the and the butting of heads really doesn't even feel much like a you know they tr- try to frame it as like you're being too Starfleet. You're being too Maquis. And then they just laugh and easily, have hot fudge later. <laughs> yeah, it very easily could have been, you're being too by the book. You're being too not by the book. By fewer like, books. Yeah, like it doesn't necessarily... Your by the book doesn't go far enough. Yeah, yes, good <laughs> reference. Um, another good episode. But yeah, I, I remember, I don't remember if I've said this on air or not. I apologize if I'm repeating myself. But not long before we got to Voyager, I actually read a, an interview with one of the like people behind the show. Who said, like, to him, the biggest mistake they made was, and he had objected to it, but he was overruled, was putting the Maquis into Starfleet uniforms. Oh, that's a good point. He was and like, Because they, they did that in the very, very first episode. Yeah, he was like, I mean, yeah, they have to work together, but... They need to wear something. There should have been a visual distinction. To they really have a different like... pip. Yes. That's it. Yeah. That's what very, they get. Very damn subtle. <laughs> And like a few times, and I, we haven't seen it yet, but I know at some point there's um, an episode where we kind of get like an alternate reality sort of thing where we see like what it would be like if the if the crews were not as united. And they actually, for that episode, they actually did have the Maquis characters wearing not even uniforms, just like naked their clothes <laughs> that, they, that they wear, you know? Well, I think that's what uh, that producer wanted, like keep them in their sort of rough and tumble Maquis outfits. And- yeah. I mean, Neelix gets to wear whatever garbage he's wearing, and <clears throat> Kess gets to wear her special clothes. Oh, you loved her new outfit. Did I? Yeah, you you because you didn't get a great look at it in the first episode, but in the next week you get a much better look at it, and you were you liked it a lot. Her most recent suit. Yeah, I generally like like Kess's outfits are all very like teen cute, like the kind of stuff mm. you would you would see like people not not people in actual high schools, but people in like television high schools. Played uh, by 30 year olds. Basically, yeah. yeah. But they also have the advantage of at least so far, I don't think I've looked at any of them and thought, oh yeah, that is that is a 90s ass outfit. Like they keep <laughs> them alien enough that Yeah, she they likes don't... layers. Layers are in yeah. are totally in. Yeah, and they do. I think they've dressed her very well. Uh and Neelix to, you know, paraphrase Beetlejuice looks like a couch. Sofa. No, it's not Beetlejuice. It's the guy from Beetlejuice when he's in oh, Demolition no? Man. Sorry. Oh, uh... You should watch Demolition Man. It's a fucking good movie. Yeah. I feel like uh, Jellica would really not approve of her dresses, her clothing, though. <laughs> well, not. Tag. Yeah, yeah, she's but not. she's not Starfleet. She's, that's she true, yeah. She just works on the ship. Yeah. And at she's the same not, time, the Maquis aren't the Starfleet either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Jellica would, would, of... would make the Maquis wear, like, rags and shit. No, Jellico would put the Maquis in the brig for the entire trip. He would. Love They him. would just be crammed in there. Like <laughs> sardines. That'd probably be better. And They'd escape every so often. Five shifts now. He's moved on to five oh, shift no. rotation. And Ames, that would be the new holodeck. They wouldn't have holodeck episodes anymore. They would have, oh no, the Maquis have sprung <laughs> from the brig. Again. 
It's like, oh we're my not goodness. even trying to break out. It's just there's so many of us in there. The ship's computer keeps turning off the shield for safety. We're going to get <laughs> smothered. Yakety sacks, please. <laughs> Paris is chasing after them. <laughs> uh, Kim's running away from a group of them. It's like Scooby-Doo. They're like coming out of doors and going into other yeah, doors. But yeah, it's like, exactly. Yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. We should write Star Trek. We'd be great at it. <laughs> oh, no. Or at least oh, Lower Decks. yes. Oh, well, yeah. The, thanks. Thanks, Ames, for that vote of confidence. You can write that <laughs> shitty Star Trek. We'll let you have that. going to write my uh, own Star speaking Trek. Speaking of shitty Star Trek, and- you know what I realize as we are, we're going to start moving on towards Death Wish, I think, question marks, yeah. is uh, it's, this is going to be extra appropriate because the day that this episode's airing, so we haven't seen it yet, so don't spoil, is the premiere date for Picard, season two. Oh, wow. In which oh, we shit. see our best friend, whom Dying Jake is going to tell us about. <laughs> Ah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So in our next episode, we'll be talking about Death Wish, Will Wheaton. Classic Charles Bronson film. Yep. Anyway, in this Death Wish, you know, we're all hanging out on the V'ger. And uh, I can't remember quite how this starts, but... uh, They see an asteroid. A comet? A comet. Yeah, we see this, this very pretty asteroid comet thing. I think it's, and, it's, it's actually the same comet that... Uh, appears in the opening credits of Deep Space Nine. It's good to see it getting extra work. Oh, look at, there you go. It's, it's just, it's, it really gets around that comet. It's like Jeffrey fact, Combs. It's playing a different comet. Oh, okay. It's hard not to get um, typecast, you know, out there for a comet. That's true. You often end up playing comets. Mm-hmm. But in any case, uh, we, so we spy this comet, and we're like, oh, let's, uh, let's get a core sample, because science. And uh, so they beam up some, a bit of it, and instead of getting comet jizz, they get... A guy, just bum, some bum, bum, rando. Hi. Wearing a full Starfleet, Starfleet uniform. Yeah. yeah, wearing a Starfleet captain's uniform. That's weird. And then he introduces himself as Q. But then you're you're watching the show. And it's like, wow, was Delancey like on vacation when they shot this? Because that's a different guy. But no, we find out that this is a different Q. And he's been trapped in that comet, imprisoned by the continuum because he wanted to commit suicide that's right it's a q episode but it's fucking heavy yeah so basically come to find out that this guy yeah he's he's a q he's a member of the q continuum and uh he's been very dissatisfied with life as a q he's been doing it too damn long and he's done all there is to do so he just wants to end it but that's against the rules in the q continuum so then he's like hey can you help me and then q shows up and is like oh Madam Capitan, we can't do this. Delancey, uh, we love you. So then they do this this whole like weird chase thing where where the the sad Q tries to hide in different times and space. So he go he brings everybody to the to the beginning of the universe and, and then they go into a Christmas tree for some reason and and he just he They were he, one of those collectible Hallmark ornaments. Yeah, it was a great ad for those Hallmark <laughs> ornaments and I have that ornament. <laughs> um, yeah so finally Janeway's like stop it stop it you stop fighting stop fucking with my shit and they're like okay and she's like how about this we'll offer Q asylum in the federation and do you agree to that Q and Q's like yes I agree to that and then Q's like okay fine I agree to that too so then 
they have this little try this little trial to determine if Q is eligible for asylum, but Q really doesn't want to grant Q. This is not a confusing at all. Doesn't want Janeway to grant Q asylum. In the script, they um, called them Q one and Q two. So they have this little this little trial where Tuvok is representing Q and Q is representing himself, and Janeway is the judge. And Q brings out some witnesses, and they are himself, where he makes a copy of himself to testify. And, Many Qs. And, and then he brings in people who Q had affected, whose lives had he had affected. So he, he summons Sir Isaac Newton, some dude, some rando. Maury Ginsburg. Maury mm-hmm. Ginsburg, who was the spotlight operator at the Woodstock, Woodstock. Festival. And... Our old friend, William T. Riker. Oh, I was hoping you would say Wesley. Yeah. Yeah, so they so he brings he brings them all together and they're like, What the fuck happened? Where are we? And Janeway's like, listen, let me t- explain this to you. And Riker's like, Oh wow, we thought you were dead. But I guess we're not gonna talk much about that. We'll just act like this is fine. And nobody seems really freaked out about it, but it turns out that that Q had done various things to help these people out. He's the one that threw an apple at Newton in that apocryphal story. <laughs> he did some, I can't remember what he did. For, oh, he, he helped Ginsburg plug in. He helped um, him get to Woodstock. Yeah, his he helped him get to Woodstock car so that he could, ran down or something? Or? Yeah. So that he could plug in an electrical cable. Yeah, he basically would've... saved Woodstock by making sure that guy Which, got there. Which, like, really, uh, was it, did it need saving? Fuck that. <laughs> And then Riker, well, he didn't directly help Riker. He helped Riker's great, 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 something great grandfather survive the Civil War, which yeah. led to Will Riker existing. So it was very, it was all very thin and a very stupid excuse just to get Riker onto the show. Yep. Uh, Still good to see him. But in the end, Janeway rules in Q's favor and says, yep, you can have asylum. Wait, wait, wait. And- we didn't go to the side of the road yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot that whole The bit. best yes. part of the episode. Kind of important. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So so Q's like, listen, I want to show you how fucking terrible it is to be a Q. So let me take you to the continuum. So he brings the, the you know, Janeway and Tuvok to the continuum, or rather a version of the continuum that they could comprehend, mm. which was a broken, rundown gas station in a desert. And everyone's all fucking sad and depressed looking, and it's all dust bowl shit. And uh, he's like, "Look at, look at how can you imagine fucking living like this? How fucking awful this is! It's not fucking life. It's fucking terrible. We know everything there is to know. We've been everywhere there is to be. Why, you know, things need to end. Things just need to end." Producers of Discovery, and <laughs> um, and. Yeah, and then the, and then so they're there for a while, they chit chat and everything. And then Janeway's like, "Listen, I'll, I've made my ruling. Q, you are granted. You're hereby granted asylum. Q, make him a human, so he does. And then he changes his name to Quinn. And then and and Janeway's like, "Listen, Quinn, I know you only wanted to become human so that you could be so that you could kill yourself. But listen, join my join my crew you know you know everything there is to know in the universe so that would be pretty cool to like have that as a resource and you know it's not so bad being a human you get to poop. do human stuff poop mm-hmm. and eat and jerk off you can do whatever you want have you, you been want. to sandrines mm. you figure your own butthole 
there's no limit to what you can do as a human. And Q considers it for a while, and then he kills himself. And that's the end. Yeah. So, uh, interesting, you know, uh, briefly before we get into the heavy, our friend uh, Quinn, we have seen before. Yeah, I saw that. Under a shit ton of makeup. You know, we mentioned uh, Tosk. He was one of the hunters. Yeah. He was the main hunter. Oh, he was. Okay. That's a very different character. Also, for you 90s cartoon addicts, he was Jay Sherman's dad in The Critic. What was that insane rock opera that James Rossi oh, yeah. was telling us about, yeah, Jake? Yeah, Rossi was showing us um, Phantom hey. of the Paradise. Oh, oh my yes. God. Yeah, Absolutely was, bonkers. Yeah. Right, he's in that. That's right. Because yeah. I was looking him up to see what else he'd been in. Because I was sure <clears throat> I recognized it's ridiculous. him. I haven't seen it, but it's like, it's it's a, it's a rock opera from the 70s that predates Rocky Horror. Yeah. But looks quite similar in many ways. Paul Williams is in it, isn't he? I think, I think so. But yeah, I, I had not, in fact, seen him in anything except for DS9 under a pile of makeup and his voice in The Critic. So I don't know why I thought I recognized him. He, he's, got a, he's got one of those faces. He, he does look very familiar. Yeah. My, my headcanon, too, for that scene where they're a Hallmark ornament is that they're actually in the Nexus during Picard's... Okay. Uh, just because it's funny, not because it makes sense. Also, if Hallmark never made an ornament that was... A little Q holding a tiny Voyager. They missed a trick. <laughs> yeah. I know so they have episode, the tiny Voyager, so. Yeah. So this episode's like kind of a bummer. <laughs> it's so it's really thought provoking, but it's it also is. it's also kind of in a in a in a place where I know this was made in uh, 1996. Yeah. A lot of the arguments are a bit dated in a yeah. lot of ways, especially when you when you look at mental health efforts today. Yeah. In terms of. You know, are you really suffering? It's like, you, you don't, you're not only suffering if you're ill, Janeway. Yeah. But yeah, like a lot of that, you know, you look at and you say, wow, this was such, such the 90s argument for euthanasia. Yeah. And I feel like we may have talked about this once before, but like, I feel like the Federation would be beyond that kind of thing and be fine with assisted Suicide well, and we such. saw in ethics that they very much were not, or at least all the all the characters in ethics yeah. were not when that's probably Worf's when we last spine about it. got crushed. Yeah, and it doesn't really make sense because that's the ethics of the time of the writing, and they couldn't think beyond that. Or maybe the network was like, "Don't you fucking dare make them okay with this," which I could also see being a thing. Yeah, but then they make a lot of very good arguments that make them okay with this. So that yeah yeah. That's kind of fascinating. Yeah, it is. You know, like the one thing is it does maybe feel like mm, it, mm, I would maybe have liked to have seen Quinn struggle with the idea like, well, I am mortal now, which means I will die eventually. Which means and, I've only got like, what, 20, 50 years left. Which from my perspective is the blink of an eye. And it is a new experience, certainly, which is what I've been looking for. I, I mean, you know, not to take away, I like, I, mm, yeah, I don't want to. What I gather, though, like, is it a new experience? Because he's had yeah, so many kinds of experiences. This true. are th Like, these are just the human experiences. This is, this is just where humans have developed to. Yeah. But the, the Q Continuum has met everybody. And yeah. it's unclear how across time things are. Yeah. If they can go back to the beginning of the universe and right. forward in all good things and all this stuff. 
Yeah, that's that's one thing that didn't quite make sense was like, oh, he was incarcerated during the whole of Riker's life. But it's like, yeah, but time means nothing to a Q. I'm sure Q could have been bopping around the universe while he was also in the comet, you know? Yeah, there could have like been some if, overlap. Yeah, like even if his personal time is linear, an earlier version of himself could have been there, you know, if that makes sense. No, I think I think that makes sense. Write us if it doesn't make sense. What I did enjoy, though, was that, like, you've got this Q who's here to immediately, like, be like, oh, everything other, you know, original flavor Q has been saying, like, yeah, he's he's overselling us a little. Oh, um, in terms I, of how omnipotent they are? Yeah. Yeah, I like, like that. We're crazy powerful, yeah, but just from your perspective, like, we're kind of just... We're, we're not gods. We're super powerful, but we're not, you know, we are not quite as high as he tries to make us sound. And that's mm. immediately kind of fascinating to see them kind of taken down a little bit. Also, I appreciate that the minute he introduces himself, she, boy, uh, Janeway calls for a red alert. That was great. I loved that, too. It's like, yes, that is what you would do. <laughs> Quick, J- Jettison Finney. <laughs> Got a cue on board. I saw right that, away. by the way. That was amazing. I saw, thank you. The other the other day's Merriam-Webster word of the day was jettison. And I was nice. like, Finney! <laughs> I was like, why is that word so familiar? Oh, right, because uh. we use it all the time on the podcast. But no, for just where this episode came from, like, I know it was good. It was so good to see Q, D- John Delancey Q, in a way where he wasn't just here to be a pest. Yeah. He was here for an actual, like, legitimate reason, not just, you know, goofy sh- Q shenanigans. Because I read that, you know, they've been trying to figure out a way, because, you know, you gotta have Delancey and Voyager, you've gotta have Q here somehow, but how in a way that isn't fully convoluted? And yeah. it was actually Michael Pillar's son, Sean, that came up with the idea to introduce a different Q to get John Delancey Q out here. And I mm. thought that was great. Good job, and- Michael Pillar's son. Yeah. The way it works, you know, the, this uh, that it kind of boils down to the Q's arguing, and it's kind of like with, with Quinn, who I'm just going to call him that from now on to make our probably, lives easier. Probably for the best. <laughs> is like, you fucking strain against this too. You just, I want to kill myself, you became a trickster. Like, come on. Like, we basically agree, we just react to it differently. Our society has completely stagnated because we've done everything. And, uh... I started thinking... Sorry if I'm cutting off another thought you had. Not really. I wasn't sure where Perfect. to go next. That's my favorite kind. I started thinking, like, how and does the Prime Directive play in this? Because you can't... You're not supposed to get involved with the culture of other races. And this is, like, a very, very like significantly different race you cannot pull your put your brain you cannot wrap your brain around what their workings are how can janeway make this decision but i also realize there have been times where we've said the prime directive doesn't apply if the other race has stagnated which is the Mm. biggest loophole they ever came up with i forget what episode that was that they came up with that but oh boy well but isn't usually the concern about like not giving them something like some kind of technology that would have catastrophic effects on their society. Because in this case, we're not talking about society. They're way, way, way beyond our comprehension. Well, that, I mean, that's one of the big aspects of it. And certainly, you know, like, we don't want to do stuff like that. But there's still, depending on the episode, this, uh, this element of, 
we don't interfere politically if they're on, even if they're on par with us technologically. Yeah, I think I think that's that's part of it. yeah. The technology thing is like it applies to civilizations that have more primitive technology versus you know among peers. The idea is you don't go in and and fuck with their politics. Yeah, or their but, culture. But here's the thing. The I guess the so the argument I mean, and that really is the argument because Hugh Delancey argues that allowing Quinn to become human or become mortal and leave the continuum would constitute a political cultural impact. Yeah. Whereas Quinn's just like, no, I'm just going to, I just want to be human so I can die. Yeah. And Quinn also Uh, says, good. The Q continuum could use an impact. So (laughs) I guess for, for Janeway, her challenge, and I don't think it's articulated this way, but I think part of it is that, it is do the needs of this guy to his does his well being outweigh the impact of the prime directive in this situation? What also mm-hmm. complicates it is that he did specifically ask for asylum, and technically speaking, like she admits, like even though it's officially just an asylum hearing, she knows what the end result will be regardless. Like on paper, she has to have the hearing for it being an asylum hearing. So it's become slightly complicated. It's sort yeah. of become a catch 22 in a way. Like one thing sort of cancels out the other over and over and over. So it's just like, what the fuck do you do? And again, she even admits it. She has that speech. Like, oh, I tried to just look at this as strictly what it is on paper, but I know it's not. And so on. But Yeah. I guess, you know, does the Prime Directive not apply when the species you're dealing with is so crazy advanced they look like magic? <laughs> you know, to paraphrase uh, the Kevin Uxbridge episode, we have no law to fit your crimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, John, uh, you have no way to contain someone like him even if you did. <laughs> you know, like, law doesn't apply here. It's He is crazy powerful. Just let him be. But yeah, it's... Yeah, it is sort of, I guess, it could be seen as a prime directive issue. But I guess, again, if you're just trying to stop two cues from blowing your ship up or whatever, you just kind of go, eh. Yeah, and I think the other piece, which I which I found interesting in this episode, right, is that the cue kind of dangles the, you know, oh, if you rule in our favor. Yeah, we, the bribe. We, yep. can, uh, we can make something happen with this whole stuck in the Delta Quadrant thing. Yeah. I'd have taken that bribe. Oh, boy. I would have gone to Quinn and be like, hey, Quinn, if I rule in your favor, will you, you know, before <laughs> before you transform into a human, why don't you ship us off to, to old planet Earth? The, and the, then, uh, sorry, like, like, that's an offer that that's a quid you, pro quo. Sh- when fuck? Who cares? OK, <laughs> who fucking Here. cares? See, this is this is Janeway's problem. If Chakotay were captain. <laughs> Like, if Janeway had the shits that week and Chakotay had to deal with this, they would have been home and they all would have been rich. (laughs) Here's the problem, though. We know Quinn is out of practice. So with their luck, he'd have gone like, and they'd have appeared above Earth, but it would be like 1914. And oh, no, your dilithium is melted. So you can't just slingshot around the sun to get to the right time. Oh, man. When 
he made a mistake doing a thing, and then all the men disappeared. Mm. My my first thought was the men. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't connect until they said it that it was just the men who had vanished. So uh, I, read, I read it in the synopsis, so I realized, uh, oh, that's what happened, and it is a definite the cage type moment where the men have disappeared, and I'm not seeing a problem here. Now the question is, did the doctor disappear? Well, he's uh, not a person. Yeah. But, uh, he's not he's not tangible. True, true. I will say though, you know, speaking as a man, you know, it's like all oh, the men have vanished, and I'm just like, sounds fine. What's the problem? Ship will probably be run better now because they won't be running around having pissing contests. Yeah, yeah. but but here's the thing: their their cycles are going to align, and then you have to shut down the ship for a week. <laughs> I don't think speaking men know what, that joke is so old because men don't know what it means. <laughs> of course not. Speaking of sexism, it Good. was a little weird that like uh, original flavor Q was like weirdly sexist for a bit. I was like, are they just using him to make fun of the fanboys oh. who are bitching about a female captain? Are they going meta right now? Was it like when he was being creepy or just... Well, no, at, at well, first... I was just going to say, he continued to be sexist. He just decided to go with a a sexual harassment okay, bent instead of... Uh... Let's be fair. He always sexually harasses the captain. You're That's right. True. In this I mean, case, I, this is just fair, gender equality. You're right. This is the second time a captain has woken up Next to Q in yeah. bed. Yeah. The yeah, only... but Picard stayed in bed. Janeway left. <laughs> yeah. The only captain he didn't sexually harass was Cisco because Cisco punched him in the head the minute they met. Cisco um, had the right idea. But yeah, no, at first he was like, oh, wow, a woman captain. And stuff like He was weirdly like looking down on women, which like didn't feel like a Q. Th- like he looks down on That's people. That's true. Yeah, I don't he, think the Q should feel like that. He wouldn't. You know, it's like it's it's he looks down on humans. As silly little things, but it, like I said, I think it was sort of a meta moment. I think they were kind of yeah. I think that was probably what they were going for. It did I think it didn't? The joke didn't age well. No, because it, it doesn't look. It's not a great look now. No, but I, and also it's weird to just use Q for meta humor like that. Like it, yeah. You know, it just feels inconsistent with his everything else he did. Felt like Q, including sexually harassing the captain. But yeah, that was a little weird, and I could have done without it. I really. And maybe this just is me being bothered, but the fact that they that they brought up that old Apple Isaac. Oh Newton yeah, that was so dumb. Really oh, I was like, that didn't even really fucking happen. Right? Get it's fucked. like it's well known that that story is apocryphal. Oh, you should have got George Washington. You could have been like, remember who caught you chopping down that cherry tree? Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. They, they could have had him be the guy that interrupted Coleridge for. Some reason, like if he finished that poem, something terrible would have happened. Yeah, like what? Like there's plenty of of legitimate uh, historical events that you could say that you know you could make a joke that the Q was responsible for. But yeah, here's the thing, though. So far, the show has given us Amelia Earhart was both a spy for the Allies and abducted by aliens, a two for and and her co-pilot was in love with her. Yep. Uh, at least some Native Americans have alien DNA floating around. And now we've got Isaac Newton and the Apple. This show just loves weird conspiracy slash apocryphal bullshit. Yeah, but the thing is, like, okay, the Native American thing and the Amelia Earhart thing, it's like, okay, those can be retcons, right? But the fucking Newton thing is just, it's, it's it's already a thing that people know about, and it's already a thing that people know. 
It's horse shit. Yeah, it, it is intensely stupid. What I was also kind of irked by was... They, you know what they should have done? They should have had Adam show up and <laughs> be like, remember that snake that offered you an apple? Did he look like this? <laughs> wow. That now, would have been actually hilarious. Now I'm just picturing a snake with Quinn's hair. Yeah, with that guy's head on it. It's fucking hysterical. No, just the hair. Oh, his hair. Excuse yeah, just me. his hair. What also kind of annoyed me was having the hippie with the surname Ginsburg. I know it was the actor's real name, but, like, you've got a character who's kind of a hippie. Yeah, I thought for sure it was going to be, what, Alan? Yeah, like, don't have him share a surname with one of the most famous beat poets. Well, yeah, like, with a famous... Like, I know you just want to name after the actor for some reason, but you should have gone, They liked the name. They just liked his name. No, I know, but it's like, you should have gone, oh, wait a minute, there's a famous Ginsburg who's already kind of part of the counterculture. These aren't the best kind of nerds, you know? Like, this this seems like a bad choice. Mm. Speaking of our guest star friends, Mm. uh, I have a list of other guest stars they were trying to get or considered trying to get uh, in addition or instead of any of the ones we actually saw. Oh. And they're fun. They include Michael Jordan, <laughs> Cal oh, wow. Ripken Jr., <laughs> Bill Gates, oh no, Henry Kissinger, and oh, Frank no. Sinatra. <laughs> Kissinger, the what war fucking, criminal. Yeah, I was like, say, what fucking thing did Qu- unless it's remember that time you 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 got murdered? Like, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Oh god, Kissinger hasn't been murdered. No, I know, no, but if Quinn was doing his job, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, they yeah, also they considered having Jordy instead of Riker, hmm. but settled on Riker. Well, I, that's hmm. a better choice. I gotta say, on the one hand, while it's thin and silly, they'll just find a way, oh, like, it's a reason Riker's here. Like, it kind of adds a potential extra layer to why Q had a special interest in the Enterprise. Hmm. Like, he, there's already, it turns out, retroactively a Q connection. Yeah, but nope. Q's love is for Jean-Luc. Well, yeah, but it, I mean, if what maybe you know, what sort of initially bring, especially considering Riker's the one he makes a cue. Mm. Like he was originally drawn because of the connection to Riker, but then yeah, fell in love with Jean Luc in his big shiny dome. You know who they should have brought instead of uh, Newton would have been uh, they should have brought Samuel Clemens back. I was going to say no! Mike Mark had, had the no! same actor. This was a good oh, episode. You, fa- you, you again? Oh no, that would oh, ruin no. this episode. This would have automatically been Chris's favorite episode this season. And my least favorite. So the question, though, is if, you know, could they, like, would the Michael Jordan thing have been, uh... Remember when we turned you away from baseball because it was a stupid idea? No, no, see, I was going to say, Quinn, it's like, you know, he's the one who came up with the idea for Space Jam. (laughs) Which I think had come out just around this time where it was about to. It would have been a great (gasps) tie-in. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they could have done, if they wanted to do, like, a sports person they could have done like muhammad ali or something that would have been because i feel like bringing michael jordan in as sort of because yeah he was already a great player and everything at this point i guess he was he was already pretty much legendary at this point oh yeah yeah i don't know i feel like bringing a current sports celebrity is almost it's like the elon musk reference yeah it'll you never know if michael jordan's gonna turn into an asshole yeah, Bill Gates is going to turn into an asshole. But like you go with Muhammad Ali, n- n- no one ever hated Muhammad Ali. Except the government when he didn't want to go. Yeah, to I was going to say government people probably weren't that into him. Well, um, yeah, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah you could have like maybe just found an athlete who already passed on and have an actor play them or something. Mm. 
Yeah, but well, if they were I mean, trying I don't to get, like, see why you'd want to do that when I guess I don't know why yeah. you'd want to do that when they were able to get the Isaac Newton. Jeez. I know. <laughs> it true. wasn't. It wasn't the same Isaac Newton we've seen before either, though. But well, that's this was the was real a, one. Was a, was a holodeck projection. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Right? Yeah, this see, guy was the real deal. They should have gotten uh, Hawking. He'd been on before. That's true. You probably been like, I'll be on Star Trek again. Sure, fuck, why not? Quinn's like, sorry, I gave you that horrible, debilitating disease. Oh, God. Oh, you. Well, I just realized as soon as I said it, like, I'm not sure what the thing would have been, but it's like, he could really... I mean, he could have, like, given him some clue about physics, right? That's true, yeah. You know, black holes or something, I don't know. They're actually just Q toilets. I guess the other thing, too, is, like, it's kind of like with the Native American episode. How much do we want to diminish the accomplishments of people like Newton by saying that it was aliens? Well, I think the difference here is that he just kind of gives little nudges. Mm. Mm. Also, it's weird because it's like with the Woodstock thing, it's almost like he was making sure something happened that was supposed to as opposed to, you know, like that's the weird thing. he just really likes Hendrix. Yeah, he he want he wanted that he wanted big Hendrix some... fan. Yeah, I was gonna say he really liked Hendrix, so he's sort of like Doctor Who, <laughs> having to make sure that things happen. Doctor if... Q. Uh... No, <laughs> I have another note because apparently this episode, like they just wrote way too much script because it was too fun, and mm. very sadly, it meant a lot of jokes got cut. And one of them that I wrote down that would have been a good joke, a good very inside joke. Would have been like, oh, without, or or if I had my way, or without me, or something like that, Tuvok, you you would have been the engineer of the Enterprise. Which is quite funny, because uh, Tim yeah. Russ auditioned for the role of Geordi. Yeah, I see what they so, did there. So, deep cut. Speaking of, I don't know if you noticed this on his uh, Memory Alpha page, but Quinn's actor tried out for Odo. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I think, I think they had to give it to Renee, though. Renee was perfect. Oh, yeah, no, he was, yeah, no. I wrote in my notes, puppies greater than Mark, and I don't remember why. Oh, because there was a Q dog. Well, there was a Q dog, and when Q is dangling the right, you're the right. Carrot, he's like, "Oh, you can you can run, run and with frolic the puppies. with your with your with your dog." And Mark won't even be there because it will be me. And Jane was like, <laughs> "But you said puppies, so yes." So was that dog also a Q? Yes. I mean, so that's the thing, right? Scooby I'm assuming Q, a Q am I can right? take whatever form, mm. whatever form he wants. Yeah, um, like Odo. Yeah. yeah, better at faces though. Yeah, I was gonna say way better at noses. Like oh. if we don't some oh god, it'll happen on lower decks. If we don't ever get a, a Q that is a do- talking dog, I'll be very sad. They already have a talking dog on lower decks. God damn it! Is it a Q though? No, it's not a Q. But we also had Q on lower decks. That I knew. There's a talking dog on Lower Decks? Apparently. Oof. Oh, we've all done the Scarecrow thing. That was That's good. I love that. <laughs> like, they're just chilling. They really probably, funny. like, you know, they, they, for a while, like, what's a while mean to a Q? He might have spent a thousand a years li- yeah, as a several Scarecrow. several lifetimes. Oh, that, right. The most important thing. The fact that he was a philosopher. Like, just the idea that the Q do still have some concept of, like... Or at some point still had a concept of, like, vocations? Not vocations. But, you like, to be a philosopher, you know? Like, mm-hmm. not... 
that immediately also helps really reshape their concept, the concept of them. Because again, all we've really seen to this point is is original flavor cube. Troublemaker at large. Yeah, and he'd mentioned stuff about the continuum, and they made him human for a few days and things like that, but, like... They killed, um... Oh, what was her name? The girl Q. They killed her parents. Amanda Rogers. Yep, yep, they've executed Q. But, yeah, the idea that they have, like, philosophers still kind of begs the question, what what other sort of things might they have had? And Because you just sort of picture, like, whatever they are, they probably all just kind of bum around the galaxy, like universe rather maybe not interfering like original flavor Q, but just kind of going around observing chilling out occasionally being quinn and nudging things but the idea that there had been sitting around and debating and sharing ideas it's not necessarily something i thought of the Q as doing and, and yeah. so it's really like this this in very little time without laying too much out in a very blatant way makes you realize that there's the cure in some ways way more complicated than we thought in that they're less complicated than we thought in some regards. I like that. Um, I like I liked this episode. They did a good job this episode. Yeah. I liked it a lot. And yeah, being a Q does sound like, I don't know, on the one hand, unlimited cosmic power. On the other hand, God, itty, it's bitty, boring. Itty bitty living space? Yeah, no, I realized <laughs> like, that doesn't quite work. They got all the space they want unless you're Quinn in a comet. Um, that was an itty bitty living space. That was, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I I remember when it popped up, I was saying to Caitlin, like, yeah, this, this is going to be a Q episode, but uh, it's going to be different. <laughs> well, and also you said that you weren't sure whether or not it um well, yeah, did a good seen job it in of what so it was doing. long. I was like, I know what it's going to do. I don't remember if it lands. And I'd say it landed. I thought so. I liked it a lot. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. I yeah. will say that I thought that the way that they chose to show how the continuum, how the continuum is, I thought was a little bit, eh. But I guess I kind of get what they were going for. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. It's, I think it would have been hard to do any way, and I feel like that one worked well enough. Oh, shit. Most important thing. Um, the dog. No. <laughs> Second most important thing. Damn. <laughs> Original flavor Q brought Quinn his hemlock. He did, yeah. Which also philosopher yeah. taking hemlock. I see what you did there. Yeah, it's... Yeah, the, the last sort of speech from, from Q after... Quinn is dead is interesting. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, and we're I, also going to see more of him later yeah. on, too, and, and the repercussions. Yeah, I forget I how well the repercussions land. They might be Q being silly again. I, I vaguely recall aspects of it. Again, I don't remember how well it works because it's been so long. But there will be at least one fun aspect to it, but I shan't spoil. No, there's two episodes. Hmm? There's two more Q episodes. Yeah, yeah, but that, I mean, there's an aspect of them that I don't wish to spoil, but that I think we will enjoy. Oh, Christ. That I do I wonder remember. Wh- I wonder what it is. We'll it's find just, out in, in, a, in a couple of months. It's another actor. I'll leave it at that. Oh, okay. If it's another actor. Okay, that makes sense. I was going to say. Chris really, really likes it when Q plays dress up. <laughs> Who doesn't? That's true. One day, well, for one of them, we will talk about all the times Q plays dress up. Oh, that's for, a great idea. For our, for our blog activities. But not today, because I'm going to wait until we see more of them, because I know there's some good ones coming up. But today, let's segue speedily into our blog activity for today. I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago that one of the things I've been looking at, wow, way too much, because I didn't <laughs> realize how much work this, this uh, theme would be. Whoops. But uh, I've been looking at so many captain's chairs. <laughs> yeah, so originally I thought, oh yeah, this will be an easy topic just to squeeze in wherever. 
captain's chairs. And then I found, I swear to Christ, like 30 freaking captain's chairs. So we're going to we're going to split it in half. We're just going to chairs. That's what I heard. Also (laughs) accurate. Uh, So we're just going to start with some early captain's chairs because I didn't realize how many there would be. And right now you can follow along with us because we're looking at the TOS captain's chair. And this is going to be up on our Tumblr uh, SSHB podcast. So you can follow along. Classic. Yeah. Loves it. No, it's yeah, it's like it's. You know, though, it, that red alert button's too close to the yellow alert button. And the <laughs> button is too close by far to both of them. The buttons are incredibly jank. Yep, yeah, it's a great chair. It's a classic. It set the standard. It uh, it swivels. It swivels. It does it, swivel. Yeah, it's got a they, fucking sweet little platform. Yeah, when they wanted to pretend it was a different ship, they added an extra cushion that time. <laughs> It is incredibly cha- uh, um, uh, clear that they just had a very normal leather chair that they built some things around and, yeah. and, and called it a day. But you know what? It was the 60s, so it's fine. Yeah. I kind but of like that about standard, it, though, you know? Some standard, like, office chair. The thing is, like, and we'll get into this, but I feel like, while that's true of many of them, this one, for some reason, just, like... I mean, they added enough to make it different enough that it yeah. doesn't have that sort of feel. Yeah, like the shape that term. it makes, the shape that it makes, like, is so different than just yeah. just a chair. And I know a lot of the chairs we're going to look at in a couple minutes. Boy, do they just look like you ripped them straight out of an airplane? Yeah, or like, like an indie car, and that's it. That's what you got. Like, even though Five is not a good movie, I have to agree with Kirk when he sits down and goes, "I miss my old chair." But which chair is he referring to in that movie? I assumed he meant this one. Oh, okay, because we have so many chairs that Kirk has sat in that I was surprised. Because I, I assumed it'll be like, oh, okay, I'll get the TOS chair, I'll get the, the next-gen chair, I'll get... Every series has a chair, but no, every single movie has a different chair, which I yeah. didn't realize until I started banging my head against this. So when we move on to the motion picture, with the chair that has these little little thigh holsters that yeah, kind of this- squish... Squish your thighs. Yeah. This chair looks like it actually gives massages. Mm. Mm. I I feel like it's interesting. Like, I feel like it's not at all the same shape or anything. Not even a little bit. But I feel like this gets echoed in Picard's chair a little. Like sort of. Which one? His uh, initial. The the TNG chair? Yeah, we'll discuss it when we get to that one. But okay. I feel like there's nothing akin to it. Yeah, I might also be misremembering what his chair looks like, but... We'll get to it in a minute. But no, I think Caitlin puts it a good way. Where I feel like I could buy this chair at Brookstone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can um, see where the little massage bits would be. Yeah, it does and have those... panel, you know? Bespoke panels, though, for the for the armrest, so I appreciate that. And you're not going to accidentally jet- jettison anybody on this one, for sure. That's <laughs> They upgraded this model. It's also, I never realized, on a slanted... What's the word? Pedestal oh, thing. Pedestal. Like, if you look in that photo, it's, it's not straight up and down. It's on like a, it's on an angle. I don't like that. I feel like that at. would make it break. Uh, to the, the one all the way to the left that he's not sitting in. Yeah. Well, that's not a photo. That's a render. Yeah, this oh, is a okay. CGI render. Oh, okay. Oh, so we it don't is. know how accurate that, that if is. If I was William Fat Day Shirt Shatner, I would be really afraid of that bitch breaking right off. <laughs> I mean, he 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 was you know he was still in his fighting prime in the in the late seventies, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, looks, he good. looks good in the white she shirt. So he still yeah, looked like chairs. TOS Kirk in this movie. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. By the His next movie, though. face doesn't completely change until the next one. Like, like, like the, in Twalk, which we're looking at now, where for some reason I didn't realize the, cha- the chair changes. Mm-hmm. It's now white, which strikes me as strange. Now it well, looks like a pool float. It. Yeah. It looks like the same chair that they just, they reupholstered. Yeah, and it's got a weird, I don't like the weird, almost like bray pattern they've sewn into it. Mm. It's just kind of. Yeah. The shape looks like a seashell. Yeah, well, and the ray pattern doesn't help with that shell effect. Like I said, it looks like a pool float. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the leg things are the same. I thought the leg things went went away at some point, but apparently not yet. Yeah, no. Because, gosh, I remember those being incredibly silly in the movie where they just, Mm -hmm. oh, we're red alert. Hug your thighs. I mean, did those ones move in the movie, or are those just the armrests? And they just kind of go over your legs. Well, they're the exact same as, as I know. the TMP well, I know, but, one. I, but did those actually move? Did the Enterprise ones move? I thought only I Captain think the Fancy Enterprise Batons ones ever, moved. Yeah, can't, Captain Fancy Batons ones actually like, oh, clamped yeah. on. We'll get to his, I, his in a minute. But I don't think Kirk's actually moved. I just think they had sort of a hook shape. I swear they, I could have sworn they did in TMP where something happened and the, and the legs came in. I don't, mm, you know, but, I feel like maybe some of the crewmen's had moving arms. I don't know if his moved though. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't either. know. You might be right. I have to yeah, watch looking a three at it, and a half like, hour yeah, movie Yeah, it looks like out. maybe the whole thing is kind of hinged by the seat. It could be, yeah. So maybe it does move. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho, after this, we destroy this ship in uh, Search for Spock when we get to see... Oh, no, actually, before that, I happened to notice that the Reliant chair is the same as the TMP chair, but dark gray. Oh, yeah. Mm. So I just wanted to show that to prove I did my work to see. What does the Reliant chair look like? Oh, same as the other ones. Um, I'm glad that after all that time on SETI Alpha 5, he got himself a nice chair massage. Yay. The least he deserved, I'm sure. Yeah, but speaking of the the little armrest huggers that we see on Captain Captain Fancy Baton's ship, Captain Styles, I happen to remember or look ah. up, is he has these little it's it's a very normal looking like office chair that's black with like very 80s. Yeah, with very many like little padding layers. Yeah. And these funky funky arm things. That's right. They don't close over the leg. They just kind of clasp in yeah. front of him. That yeah, looks yeah. like they hollowed out a 1980s electric typewriter. And slid it over the chair. That is possibly what they did. I hope not. It's poor typewriters. Mm. But yeah, they. Yeah, I, mean, I was they... also I was also distracted because you see Styles resting his arm on these things because these things, these little arm things, they're so precarious. But mm. I al- I can also only assume that he's got like his Jettison Finney button on there. Mm. And the way that they're they're designed, like they're, you could do nothing but Jettison Finney all day. You know, because you're going to rest your arm on it. For a guy with a fancy baton, and I never really noticed this before, his uniform could use some work. Mm. Big gap at his collar. Yeah, interesting. Uh, but but yeah, I, I, don't know. I, th- I think the, the, the idea was that they were functional, that the, the armrests were functional. because they yeah. kind of strapped you in like a roller yeah, coaster? Yeah, tr- trans warp is so intense, <laughs> you, need, you need to strap in. Because if you remember, when they were about to prepare to go to trans warp, that's when everybody's they... things closed. Mm-hmm. The, the Excelsior bridge in general in the in three is so weird because on the one hand, it's supposed to look more high tech than any bridge we've seen before. But also they didn't want to spend too much money on it because they knew we were only going to see it for like two minutes. 
So it's even this, though this they bring the Excelsior back in six with a different chair, completely different, different, bridge. different bridge. Yeah, it's a whole, mm. it's a whole new thing. It's like this bridge is a weird mix of we don't want to spend a lot of money, but we want it to look different. And it's just it's really kind of blatant when you watch the movie. Yeah, because this is supposed to be the most cutting edge ship that they that exists. And yeah, these chairs look like you got them from Ikea. Yeah. yeah. And assembled them kind of half acidly. Yeah. With an Allen wrench. Mm hmm. Several Allen wrenches. Mm hmm. All right, so after we destroy the hell out of the Enterprise and then come back from Wales, we have literally five seconds that we get to see the new Enterprise A, and we've got the old TMP chair back, but with yep. a different paint job across the spine. Yes. That's, so yeah. that that threw me for yeah. a little well, bit of a loop. I, I, I'm guessing they just, they weren't going to go all out and build a whole new bridge set for the short period that we see this in, in Voyage Home. Yeah. Like, it looks like they literally just repainted the bridge set from Star Trek Two. Probably. We'll, we'll look closer at bridges another day, but the bridges are going to be tough for me to compile. So that's going to be that's down the road. Yeah. That's a toughie. We start with chairs. This one is like a slight blue with gray accents. I mean, and then a big white stripe down the middle. Yeah. Mm. No, it's, I don't think it's too bad. I Weirdly spine-like yeah, effect. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, we have a wholly new chair in Final Frontier that looks like an office chair. Yeah. It's black. Yeah. It's got a headrest. Yeah. They yeah. added those little things on the end to suggest that he's got buttons. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's very it's very clearly like the little panels there are similar to to what Picard ends up with. Yeah. Which strangely, I think at this point in TNG, Picard still had the little flip up. I think panels. so, yeah. Yeah. And wouldn't get the panels like this for until maybe the next season. They maybe actually just ripped them right off of this and painted them. Yeah, maybe. Oh, maybe, yeah. Keep a good eye on these. Maybe they were maybe they were like so impressed with this chair they're like, Oh, we gotta bring that to the show. <laughs> <laughs> rip out rip out anything that's useful from it. Yep. We do, however, see something close to this chair, but again, is different in undiscovered country because now it's like a nice gray. Ooh, mm. This might be the the nicest looking one. This, it's that the one exact looks... same as the other one, but light gray. Yeah, but it's look amazing how nice what a, it is. an upholstery change. I can feel do. like it looks like it belongs in the fucking wood paneled hatchback. It's <laughs> still just though. It does just look like they went to Staples, mm. bought a chair, and glued on some. But it, I don't know. It looks like it looks like it would cradle you, which which I like. It looks comfy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I can see the captain just falling asleep all the time. Mm. That's a bad captain. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't seem like a good selling point. Well, it's before Shatner got his apnea machine, so. <laughs> he does ads for those now. He looks so old in that picture. Oh, the That's baby. an awful picture. Well, I mean. But the chair looks well, great, was, though. He was getting old at this point. Yeah, but he somehow looks younger in generations. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think we should do an, an in-depth analysis to determine if William Shatner actually died in 1980 and was replaced with a body double. Oh, Him and sad. Paul McCartney. I was going to say we could start a McCartney-esque rumor. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. Kirk is dead. No, he's a jerk. All right. Also in the Undiscovered Country, we see Sulu's, enter, uh, Sulu's Excelsior, rather, which is a very pretty blue. Yeah, yeah it's, the same, it's the same chair, though. Yeah, but the different upholstery. The blue's very it's a very nice shade of blue. And I it do like love uh, the blue. 
It sets off the uniform really well. It does. It looks really mm-hmm. nice. Like, Plus, it looks nice with his eyes. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I know it sounds a bit silly, but just, just making it that bright fucking blue makes it look better. Like, I, it feels a little less like we just bought this at Staples, because you can't buy a bright blue chair at Staples, at least not in the early 90s, I imagine, or now. You know what every captain's chair on every other ship lacks? A coffee table. Yes. Sulu has oh, his little coffee table. That's for some true. reason, he does for some reason the captain's table. chair has a, has a little coffee table in front of it. Because that's where his teacup is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe you can request it, and Sulu's just one of the few that did. It just seems Actually, like a massive hazard on the bridge. I mean, like, that's true. over it. I mean... I mean, someone's definitely going to be impaled on that when they hit, like, transwarp or some he, shit. But here's like, the thing. You know, whatever. The main bridge hazard is the bridge. You take a bit of a bump and half your consoles explode. Yeah, and rocks mm. fall out of the ceiling. Yeah. But actually, you bring up a good point about, okay, okay, follow me here. Mm-hmm. But what exactly is the point of the captain's chair? Because the captain doesn't really get any, like, screens. All he's got is the is the Jettison Finney button sometimes. But if you have to give him any information, you have to tell him he can't see it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's good. Mm. but he's like coordinating. It, it's, okay. he, doesn't, he doesn't need to look at the screen because he has to tell someone else to look at their at, screen. Other people are looking at the screens, and he just has to. And then they they distill the information, and then he makes the choice. And I feel like there were moments in TNG. I, I don't think I'm making this up. Where it was sort of implicit that if he absolutely had to, he could access more systems from his chair if he wanted or needed to. But as long as the crew's there, that's not strictly what necessary. What systems do you see at the chair? Like with his, his little panels on his it. His little panels, he can kind of fuck around with them if he wants. He's just playing solitaire on it. Like a little iPhone. Oh, ones. that'd be great. Oh, fucking Tetris. Oh, I would Tetris the hell out of those. <laughs> He's playing Galaga. <laughs> Speaking of. Speaking of, let's move forward to the next generation. Oh, Where we have God. these tan, these like kind of camel-colored atrocities. Looks like, looks like a fucking... Aztec monument to the sun. What the fuck is this chair? <laughs> it's hideous. So Bad. I guess the connection I was making with the TMP chair was mostly the like random kind of hole in the middle, which is way longer than I remembered. Oh yeah, the sort there's of a lot of effect. hole in the middle. The other the other ones didn't have a hole though. It just had a kind of stripe. Yeah, no, it, it had a stripe that this I one's think a full on hole. Yeah, and it did have like the little hole on the headrest, but it was much smaller. It's. You know, it's probably the most creative chair since the TOS one. Like, it does look like they either they had to build it completely, or at the very least, they had to really modify the hell out of the chair they bought. Or they just scooped something out of, like, a really old, gross car. <laughs> yeah, it's also I'm neat. Not into it. You can see how it's actually, it comes not, not out of the floor. It doesn't rest on the floor. It comes out of the wall and yeah. rests on the, on the bar from the wall. Yeah, but, yeah. like, like, like. Like something from public transportation. Like it doesn't. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's why I've even ridden though, on this bus seat. Even though they only used it once, it was so that it would be able to swivel. That caught us all off guard that time where Riker turned all the way around in his chair. And we're like, wait, whoa, whoa, sold on what? Changing the world one swivel at a time. Yeah, I think the big missing part of the back down the middle would be really uncomfortable to right? sit back in. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why Riker actually has uh, back problems. It's like, not only is the lumbar support bad, it's not there. Literally. 
Yeah, these ones do not look comfortable at all. They do not. They look like that kind of leather that just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Spot would scratch it open. Swim now, Jake, you were, ta- spot. you were telling me about the, the armrest thing. So what is the deal with the armrest things? The okay, Captain so on, on this chair... They flip up. Those those. So you see how there's like two little panels at the front of oh, the okay. armrest? Those, those flip out and there's so little that screens on them. So that they would go where the other ones that you see that are kind of like sticking yeah. up go. Yeah, and in and in future versions of the TNG captain's chair, they are not flip up. They're just permanently, you know, they're like the chair from from that we saw previously. Okay, so he really, does still have little screens. Yeah, yeah, he, he always has little screens. It doesn't really make sense to have to flip them up all the time. Is what no. it really comes down to. No, that doesn't make sense. It's, I think it's this not, is, not like this it's is safer for it. Finney. I, I'll True, admit, but fuck that guy. Yeah, but later on in TNG, we see the little flip-ups. They're not even, like, they're just full-on whole new arm sections. Yeah, and they actually also slightly rebuilt the middle of Picard's. Yeah, uh, it looks like it's more structured. all the way. I feel uh, like that would give you serious carpal tunnel just sitting there. Well, like you just don't the always... Type of jot. You don't always leave your hands like that. Well, I suppose it depends on how long your arms are, though. I mean, look at how he has to put his hand to have it on his armrest. Hmm. Uh, 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 don't like it's it. It's not a hand rest, it's an arm rest. Yeah, but um, it doesn't work for his arm, because his arm is... Well, you, you, you sit with your arm, with your hands in. You don't sit with your hands like out like like you're a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Then why are they called arm rests? For your arms, not your hands. So there's a little diagram on this slide here, and it says that the, the, arm, the panels are an L-Cars interface. The mm. angled sections at the end of the arm rest contain small L-Cars displays that allow the captain to access various ship systems without leaving his post. Ooh. Mm-hmm. They've also put stronger-looking struts under the chairs, it looks like. Oh, yeah, they're not just sticking out of the walls. Now they have a whole little column. And they also... Can we go back one, actually, real quick? Sorry. Yeah. They've also, it looks like, slightly shrunk the armrests on the flanking ones. Yeah, and it looks like they've raised them up a tad. Tiny hmm. bit, yeah. Interesting. So that the captain's chair stands out a little bit more. Because it's already the center, so it was, you know, it stood out in that regard. Yeah, but also he's it, got it, the it, biggest headrest. Yeah, they like it stands out a little bit more aesthetically, too, which I think is useful. Oh, and they got rid of the little uh, jump seats on the ends. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah where's where's Yara going to sit? She's no, no, she's dead. Oh. Damn it. Beat me to it. All right, moving forward, we see in, uh, yes- speaking of Yar, we see a new chair that is on the Enterprise C in yesterday's Enterprise that we never get a very good uh, look at, but I found this, like, I took this one really quick screen grab before someone walked in front of it. So my and guess- it's very simple. My guess is that this is a redress of the battle bridge. I bet it's the same chair oh, from that. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure. Actually, I think- the couple times I saw the Brattle Bridge, it looked identical to the chairs in the normal Enterprise. Oh. Mm. So I didn't take a screen grab of it, but mm. I also well, this, ran, this, ran this out of sanity. The, this has the old um, ops and con stations on the bridge, too. So I, I, I think I think you might be right, Chris, that this is a redress, but I don't know if they would have swapped out the chair. Mm, yeah. It's a very boring they, chair. I think they knew no one was ever going to get a great look at it, so they didn't work too hard on it. You know what that could be? That could be Picard's season one chair, just reupholstered, and with the flippy things taken off. It's got it a. It's, like it it's on a different. Uh, it's on a different base. They don't, now it's it on is. a big cylinder base. Yeah, base. Like they just put it on top of something. 
It would explain why there's those weird gaps in the end where her hands fit in. Yeah. Like if they just ripped out the... It looks uh, just like it with a different back panel that doesn't have holes in it. And I bet that's exactly what it is. Hmm. I think you nailed it. We see one that's incredibly similar in... What episode was this? Redemption. Redemption Part 2. Yeah, um, yeah. When Data takes control of the, of the of the Sutherland. That's just also a completely bonkers bridge. Yeah. Compared to every like other bridge. Jim Hadar bridge. Yeah, it was very strange. A lot and, of railings. Yeah, and yeah, it, it it was completely unlike any Starfleet bridge we'd seen before or have seen since. Well, we'll see it one day when we talk bridges. I tried to get a good clip of the chair. This is the best I could do. Yeah. Because it's also a very dark lit episode. Yeah. So it was hard to get good visuals. It's a nice chunky chair. Looks solid. No, no screens. Yeah, no, no, that's, yeah. Yeah, but the bridge is so small, he just needs to turn that's around true. and he can probably yeah. reach those screens behind him. And that's kind yeah. of what he did in that episode. You're right. He's like, hmm, instead of doing any captaining, I'm going to do all the work myself. <laughs> all right, we're going to move forward to the to, uh, Generations, where we have this big comfy chair it looks like it belongs in a minivan yeah yeah it really does look this one really looks like it came out of a car you're right yeah Tim there was... looking human in there yeah <laughs> i like this one though again it looks like they like with the tos one like yeah they started the real chair as the base but they built enough onto it that it feels a little special yeah i like the color of it too this kind of tealy blue color yeah it's yeah, not as good it's as... no indigo blue but it's not bad yeah i was gonna say it's no excelsior blue but it's a nice blue and there's uh I was going to say, there's Captain Cameron. Yeah. Harriman. <clears throat> no, I know. It... His character name and Oh, Harris I know, Bueller. but we've we've made this joke before. Oh. In uh, what movies would these be? The later movies. We see the Enterprise E after we destroy yep. the fuck out of uh, the, the Enterprise D. D. Another leathery looking chair. Not too dissimilar shape-wise from his old one. I think a little slimmer, maybe. Same weird, just chunk out of the back. Yeah, it looks like reason. it's inviting, like, somebody coming up behind him and, like, tickling him through the back <laughs> of the chair. You know what That's it is? because this one you can go behind him. You know who designed this chair? Q. Uh, or, yes, original flavor Q. Uh, he secretly designed it this way, so that if he appears, he can just go like, Jean-Luc! Tickle him, and he goes, ah, Jesus fucking God, Q! I think this chair, this is a chair that belongs in a man cave. It just I thought you were going to say it belonged in a museum. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> no, it just looks like, for some reason, like, man basement next to a pool table. Mm. Yeah. Weird sort of burgundy color, which... Fine, I'm not sure I feel... I, I guess it works with the sort of muted palettes those movies had. Uh, yeah, I don't know about the... But it looks like a leather, or at least a, a leather-like cover. That yeah. I feel like they just wouldn't be using in space. It doesn't seem practical to me. Or in, like, the 24th century period, yeah. I would say. Because they're not really killing animals for food anymore. Well, yeah, but they can replicate, replicate leather. The leather yeah. yeah, but even the feel of it doesn't... Like, the feel of leather, I don't think... Space Captain. Mm. Well, I have fake leather in my car, maybe it's... Yeah, like and I hate it. Because <laughs> it's too hot in the in the summer, and it's too cold in the winter. Ah, uh, yes, but space is very cold, Ames. Ah. Uh, I have goes. no segue, but we go to move on to the Defiance chair. Which has, right. like, makes up for not having uh, panels in the armrest, but he's having 
all the fucking computers right within arm's reach. I like yeah. that. I think yeah. that's I like a good that idea. Too. Yeah, and I like. I think I think that's sort of a reflection of the function of the ship. Too, yeah. Right? You also feel yeah. like one person could could captain this ship instead of yeah. like on a larger ship where you do need the crew and you need to, you need to be the one coordinating your crew versus being the one flying the ship. Yeah, it's a pretty good chair. It's got a nice bespoke looking base. It's um, it's another big heckin' chunk of a boy. Yeah, it looks solid. It kind of looks panels. to me like a dentist. All the stuff around it looks like part of a dentist chair. Like it's gonna look, start leaning back because it's yeah, got it's all this like you back, yeah. it's got I'm all not, this chunky stuff around the sides. You're right. I'm not gonna unsee that now. <laughs> Could also be a barber chair. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Sweeney Todd. <laughs> okay. The Voyager chair makes me very sad because so it doesn't have any screens. And yeah, but she's just, got she's got a whole computer panel right next to her. That's not at all yeah. a place where you can look at it though. It's next to you. I think she looks at it often. Does she? I hate the placement of it. I, I, I kind of, you know, I see that, you know, this must be where it's on display somewhere because they had to put it on a, the picture on the left. It's like on a little swivelly thing that in reality it was not on for the set. Ah, oh, right. The set, it just bolted to the uh, bulkhead or whatever. But yeah, as far as like when you see it on its own, you realize it's kind of a boringish chair. Like it does feel like it's missing something by not having stuff built in. And again, I get yeah. that it's part of a larger bridge, but yeah, I don't know. It's you know my like again, I've had my issues with the whole setup they gave her anyway. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean the fact that it's it's off center, which is a little weird. Yeah, it's like it it doesn't stand out in the way a captain's chair should. Yeah, it doesn't look like she's doing it. It looks like it's literally just a place for the captain to sit and yeah. not for a place for a captain to do anything. I mean, I think there's a reason that she does. I think she has stood a lot more than most <laughs> of her predecessors at this point. All right. Minor, minor spoilers. But later on, we're going to see the Excelsior briefly in Voyager pretty soon. Actually, it'll be a good it'll be a good time. But the chair is different, which is what I wanted to point out. You're right, in but that it's still blue. It's still blue. It has the same general shape, but it's it's suddenly very small. Yeah. yeah. Like the it old one. It doesn't make any sense because it's, spoiler, it's literally the same scene from uh, from Star Trek VI. So well, they couldn't change? get, because they couldn't get the same chair for it, I'm Those sure. Sons of bitches. They, got, they gave away the chair or something. I'm sure we'll we'll find out when we come to this episode. But yeah, suddenly the chair only reaches like Sulu's shoulders instead of going all the way up his head. Well, you know what it is? Uh, Takei stole the chair and couldn't admit it. <laughs> I hope he did. Like, we don't know what happened to the chair. It's like, oh, uh, that's peculiar. You know, he'd just been slowly... Uh, every day he brought home another piece of the chair. Uh, they Smart. actually had to... They had to... Later, towards the end of the film, it's actually just... It's, it's, he was sitting in like a folding chair and they painted in the chair behind him later painstakingly frame by frame all right one last one just Ugh. for fun uh and then and then we'll stop here and do the rest mm. of the chairs next week because again too many chairs but i'm including just for just for giggles uh, the cut scene from nemesis in which we see picard in the new chairs that have seat belts built in there's about seat belts they're they're automatic seat belts that come out and buckle for you oh yeah, they look really yeah, they goofy do. they do yeah Oh boy! Actually, I feel like. Well, wait a minute. 
We'll get to this next week, but this might be Archer's second chair. At least the back of it, not the arms. Yeah, they might have. They might have. I mean, they were filming them around the same time, probably. Oh, that yeah. would be funny. Interesting. We'll have to see next week. Yeah, yeah. So keep a good eye out for these chairs. You see them all on our Tumblr, and rate them all together. We're going to finish them up next week because we haven't covered uh, Enterprise, the movies, or any of the new Trek chairs. And of course, there's new chairs every week. So I'm, I'm yeah. sure I'm going to continue to be updating these things. I was so sad because I realized just the other week, I know you guys aren't caught up on Prodigy. Not at all. We really have to. But they introduce a new uniform in Prodigy. I'm like, damn it, there goes my whole uniform discussion. Rats! (laughs) I gotta say, you know, like, I was thinking going into this, like, the obvious right choice for best chair is is the original chair. But then again, there is that Prodigy chair. It's a nice chair. Yeah. Well, look at those next week. I'm really excited because that's going to be pretty fun. Yeah. Speaking Uh, of the next week... Yeah, the other things things we're doing next week, we're going to cover some more Voyager episodes. Oh, shit. Shocking absolutely everyone. Uh, Next week is going to be episodes Life Signs and Investigations. Uh Uh-oh. Incredibly innocuous titles that I don't remember anything about. Hooray. Yeah, come back to us next week. Catch up on all of our past episodes. You can find them on the SoundCloud or really anywhere else you see podcasts. We're there. Find us. Rate us if you haven't yet, because that's always a fun thing to do if uh, you have the the iTunes thing or any other place where you can subscribe and rate and like and give a comment and all that stuff. You can hang out with us on the Facebook. You can hang out with us on the Twitter. And yeah, be back for that. We'll see you next week. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This has been Jake. And this time, Chris remembered to say his name. What did you do last time? Well, at the beginning, oh, at the I beginning. completely fucked everything. This has been Chris. Yep. You know what uh, Janeway should have done when she was going to fly the ship into the, the missile? What? Rabbing speed! Ah! Yeah.